We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The names behind the numbers. The stories behind the names. This is the Her Hoop Stats Podcast with John Little. We were in Chicago on a road trip, and he said, I think that you will make a great head coach one day. I, I couldn't believe it, and I still don't know how did he see that because I never felt it. The biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers. The Her Hoop Stats Podcast. Here's your host, John Little. Welcome into the Hurry Hoop Stats Podcast. I'm your host, John Little. Thank you so much for being here again this week. We remind you to subscribe to the podcast at the place of your choice as we put out not only this podcast, but the expertise of Christy Winter-Scott and Gabe Ibrahim as part of the Courtside Podcast, plus our Unplugged Podcast as well. You'll get consistent content throughout this WNBA season that will march forward into the college season as well and during the off seasons too and we've gotten some great listenership lately obviously people are excited about the WNBA season and we really appreciate you listening please rate and review if you get that shot I know it's annoying to hear that every time but uh, man it just means so much to us so thank you so much Uh, You know, the WNBA season, it is going so fast. Teams playing every other day, only 22 games. We're going to blink. We're going to be through this thing. And uh, I've just really enjoyed having, like, every night and every day, consistently top-notch games that I'm really excited about watching. I mean, every single day, at least one marquee matchup, if not two marquee matchups, every single day. How blessed are we right now for that? I'm also having a tougher time with my power rankings right now as things get jostled around and things that change so fast in this league right now that you just don't know how things are going to turn out. And there's certainly no runaway favorite to me in the league right now. Uh, obviously, a lot of people made the case for Seattle, including me, before the season. 
and obviously they're in the upper echelon. There's no doubt about that. But it's just surprised me how efficient some other teams have been this year and how uh, good some other teams have looked at other times. I, I think, uh, like Rebecca Lobo told us before the season started, it's going to come down to the health of these teams. And that was back before we even knew that there was going to be a bubble scenario this year in the WNBA and that the season was going to be so accelerated. She said the difference is health. The difference is injuries. And she's absolutely right. And so there, honestly, for me, there are you know six teams that I could see uh, winning the whole thing this year. And if you came to me, if you had that predictive ball and you were able to tell me who was going to uh, win the league any one of these six teams if you would say their name I'd be like yeah that sounds about right because it's just anybody's game right now and I love that about this WNBA season and then on the bottom side golly there are so many exciting players uh, to watch even among the teams that aren't considered the top teams in this league and you know maybe one of those teams like in Atlanta or Dallas squeaks through gets into the playoffs, tries to make a little noise, and you know starts coming of age. So there's so much to watch, and it's a really exciting time. Of course, the 2019 WNBA Coach of the Year, James Wade of the Chicago Sky, and he did a great job with his team last year, had them prime for a deep playoff run, didn't quite work out the way they wanted it to last year, but they're back and playing just as well as ever, ever. They're closing out games really well. They've had some really tight games, and they've been able to hold on to leads for the most part, pick up key victories. As of this recording, they're 5-2 and two on the season, and certainly nothing to shake your head about as we are almost 33% of the way through the season here. Uh, but what a pleasure to talk to James Wade this week about his team's development, about his development as a coach, how he got into coaching in the first place, and the role that Dan Hughes has played in his life. Enjoy our conversation with the head coach of the Chicago Sky, James Wade. Coach Wade, thanks so much for the time. How are you this evening? I'm doing good. Great to talk to you, and you were just telling me, you know, wins really help that. And you guys have had uh, three really tight games as we talk to you here over the last few days. And, you know, if if you look at the totality of the season, four of the five have come down to very late game situations in order to pick up the win. In general, let's just talk generally first. You know, you got to close out games well to win in this league. What has your team done well? Uh, I think it's it's come down to execution. I think we've executed well at the end of games. Uh, you don't want to have to get to that part of the game where it comes down to one or two possessions. Uh, but when you do so, you want to make sure that you execute uh, defensively and offensively. We've given our chances, opportunities to win uh, with that, you know, being it. We, we lost a close one in Minnesota, but I, I felt like we gave ourselves to, to, you know, the opportunity to win. But Minnesota probably, um, they they probably, you know, they, they started off and played at a better rhythm than we did for a majority of the, of the game. But us uh, fighting back into it and, and giving ourselves an opportunity is, is you know, I, w- I was pretty proud of the group for doing that. But outside of that, the three games that we, you know, we won on, on last possessions, I, I felt pretty, pretty solid. And I felt it gave us uh, some, you know, some needed experience uh, in, in closing games. So well, we got a lot of it in that last week, but, you know, we'll take it. 
Man, you certainly have. And I was just thinking about it. Versus Dallas last night, uh, pretty much most of the game, if you look over the course of the night, you guys had the lead, probably felt like you were executing fairly well and had a, a nice, you know, three-possession lead late in that game. But then scramble mode comes about, and they've got, you know, a playmaker that's uh, pretty tough to stop when she's on in, in Enrique. What do you do in that time, you know, and how challenging is that from a head coach's perspective to try to manage games down the stretch and keep your team in a position to win? We, you know, we say things like we don't want to light fires. Uh, you know, we don't want her to catch fire and we don't want to help her uh, by lighting it. And um, I felt that we gave her a couple of straight line drives. And uh, once a player like that sees the ball go in, it gives them confidence. And, um, you know, she's a, she's an explosive player. Uh, so she's the type of player that can explode on you and give you uh, 10 straight points or, or something of that nature. And, and you just and then after that, it's, you know, it's, it's you're in scramble mode. But um, I, I felt that for the most part of the night, uh, we did a good job, uh, it, but you know, uh, her being who she is, it has to be a concentrated effort for 40 minutes. And I don't know if we did that the way that we were supposed to. How are you managing your team right now? I know it's going to be a challenge for every single team in this league playing every other night, basically from here on out and uh, limited rest actually on uh, the floor and important games for seeding, possibly for the playoffs. Uh, and every game matters in, especially when we're talking about 22 games here. So how do you balance that with every game meaning so much at the same time, you only have so many players and they've only got so many uh, miles they can probably give you on their legs. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's challenging. Uh, we're probably in the most particular situation. Um, I, I guess you can count Washington in that as well, where, you know, we were already coming into camp with 10 players, you know, that was on our roster because we have one player that's out for the season in John Taylor. And so now we're dealing with uh, another set of whammies. You have uh, Sidney Colson coming off of uh uh, COVID protocol and you have Steph that's been out and it's probably going to be out for the foreseeable future. Uh, and so it's, it's tough, you know, and so, you know, we just see it as an opportunity for our other players to grow and to add on, add it to, to take on added responsibility. Uh, now we have to balance that with, with, uh, playing time and getting them rest and making sure they're healthy. And, uh, and that's tough, but everybody's kind of in the same situation. So. Uh, we won't look for any excuses and we'll just deal with it. And, you know, we know that our players are, um, you know, they're capable players. Uh, we just have to be smart as far as the staff and the training staff of um, facilitating them with, with what they need off the floor so they can recover fast. And that's tough to be without Stephanie for a little while. Hopefully she is able to get back just as soon as possible. So when you think about the forwards that you do have at, at your disposal, uh, they've all contributed think about yesterday's game everybody's in in double figures and then uh, Ruthie coming off the bench to to give you some quality minutes as well how do you feel about the forward slash center spot right now even without Stephanie I feel pretty good I think uh we're in a good spot where everybody can confidence and uh I think that's a, a promising sign you know and I just you know we just try to continue to push them to play together and uh and feel feed off each other and understand we're only um, as successful as the group is. You know, I know we're having some individual success with with certain players, but it's only because our group is is so bought in to making each other better. 
And um, that's something that we just have to keep preaching and, and keep on showing them the, you know, the, the the fruits of that, you know. So we have to keep on showing it to them. And, and they're bought in, they're locked in, and they're all playing for each other. So it's good. Do you think that game meant a little bit more to Azare Stevens last night? Not that she hadn't been playing well, but did you get the sense that it uh, it meant a lot to her to go out against her former team and put up a double-double? It definitely did. Uh, it definitely did. Um, we know that. And, you know, all the basketball players, just like on their side, it, it probably meant a lot to, to their players that played with us last year. Uh, but, you know, they're all competitors, and that's what makes them all great, individually great, is that they, you know, they can find motivation and things like that. So I know for Azure, it, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was going to be uh, an emotional game. And, you know, we just, we wanted her to play her game and do what she's been doing for us and uh, what we thought she could do for us from the beginning. So um, she, she responded well. Uh, she didn't get too caught up into it. And uh, she just played her game and it helped us win. Yeah, certainly take 15 and 10 and a couple blocks. For Azare, you know, what do you think the key is for her to manage herself during a time like this? Obviously, she she tried to play through a foot injury last year, eventually had to give in and, and get that surgery. I'm sure, you know, any time you've got something like that, maybe it's in in the back of, of, of their minds, but how is she feeling and how is the training staff helping her through this year and trying to to make sure that she has uh, the kind of year uh, front to back that she's capable of. I think I think it was, you know, our our priority was her health. We wanted to make sure that she was going to be healthy this year. Um and once we figured that she would be, uh we had to figure out how we we're going to manage her minutes, uh you know, how we were going to help help her rest but also help the other players rest too. Uh you know, Steph being out it, it kind of makes us have to adapt a little bit more. Uh, to how we're going to do it. But the fact that she's been able to play these uh, many amount of minutes uh, in this small amount of time goes to show you that our training staff is doing the right thing. We just have to manage it. We listen to her body. Uh, We know that we always have in our mind that, you know, she hasn't played in a year. Like she hasn't played in a year. And, And to be doing this after not playing in a year says a lot about her. Uh, and a lot about her potential as well. Uh, when she gets uh, to a to a point where the injury is far behind her, um, we think that she's going to even do. She, you know, she's going to her ceiling is going to raise even more. Broadcasters on the game last night saying they just didn't. It didn't appear to them that that Diamond was quite right all there. And I'm sure I know that's been a theme for you guys to know that that Diamond's not 100% or everything she was last year, everything she can be this year, and you guys are still 4-1. and one. Is that a sigh of relief for you? Are you feel like you're, you're running on borrowed time? Do you need more out of her? How are you feeling about Diamond and the way she's contributing right now? Uh, no, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't call it borrowed time. We, we love everything that she's, you know, given us. Uh, we know that she's we know what she's dealing with and we're, you know, we're there for her to help her get through it. Um, so no, I mean, we're, we're, you know, that's, it's, it leaves other players on our team, the opportunity to, to, to step up and, and to hold a four down until she's back at a hundred percent. We just appreciate the fact that she's there um, getting through it with us on the floor. Uh, so that says a lot about her. It says a lot about her character and it says a lot about her as a teammate. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't know if she gets a lot of credit for that, but she's, you know, she's really, really, uh, being there for her teammates because anybody else, any other player, any other star player probably would have sat out 
you know, uh, but she's getting through it on the court uh, because she wants to be there for a teammate. Her presence definitely says a lot. And I know she's one of those off the court players and you guys just have you're such a likable team. I think that's just the bottom line. You've got so many great personalities on the team. And then you add Sidney Colson into that. How much was it just adding a veteran presence, your uh, your thought about bringing her in this year, as much as it is her ability on, on the floor? Because she just seems to, to mesh well whoever she's with. Yeah, I mean, she gives us a, a added a added great spirit to our team, uh, to the chemistry that we already have. Um, you know, already having Chantel that's not here with us. Uh, was a blow to us, you know, emotionally, leadership uh, wise. It was it was a blow to us. So adding Sydney uh, kind of helps helps that, you know, ha- kind of lessens that blow a little bit. And um, you know, I coach Sydney on on, t- on two separate occasions, so I, I know what she brings to a team as far as playing wise, as far as you know what she adds to the locker room, the culture she adds. Uh, so it was a uh, it was an easy call for for us as a coaching staff, and uh, I think she's already settling in good with her teammates. Talking with Sandy Brondello last week, she mentioned that, you know, the the bubble situation, talking about the living situation and and things like that, it was, uh, to her, it reminded her a lot of, uh, like, coaching in Russia or coaching overseas. Like, um, you're kind of in a different place, so to speak, and, and she felt like she wasn't too out of sorts with it just because she's been through uh situations like that with you having played so much overseas coached so much overseas do you see that as well do you see the similarity that sandy's talking about with you guys in the bubble yeah i do uh you know i I tend to think it's more like coaching with a national team where you have everybody in the same place doing a tournament like an olympic tournament or one or a national tournament like a european tournament um so i i do see it like that way but you know the difference between uh sandy and myself is i actually live there i actually live overseas so it's a little different for me so but I, i understand what she's saying because you come there and you're outside of your element and you're not uh at home and so and so you know when you when the season's over you leave and actually pack all your bags and go home so i i I get that aspect of it but you know it's 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 just different it's just different um i think when you're overseas you have a little bit more freedom like to go out to restaurants and do all these things and kind of explore uh places uh here you're actually stuck in the bubble and i kind of um, with compared to being at a national team uh, tournament where it's basketball is the only focus, but that's only going to last you like two weeks at at the most. Um, this is this is a more uh, permanent thing being a month and a half or two months or three months, you know. Yeah, depending on how far you go, and I know you'd like it to be that that two and a half to three months or whatever it adds up to uh, to make it on to the finals yeah, for like. sure. <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time, that would be that would be a long time in one space as well. So, uh, what what an interesting time uh, that that we're in for sure. Um, Coach, take us back to um, the end of your playing career, the start of your coaching career. How did you know that you wanted to get involved with the WNBA? uh, Get involved on the women's side. Why was that calling to you so much at that point? uh, Back with San Antonio. So I mean, the thing was, is it it was totally by chance. Um, I was playing, and my wife was playing for Dan Hughes. And so what ended up happening is, one day, I think toward the end of the season, I, I was going back to play overseas, 
And um, I, I never traveled with the team, but I met the team in Washington because it was it was on my way to France. So I was going to catch a flight from France and just spend the last two two or three days with my wife um, and watching them and supporting them. And Dan uh, just, you know, I, I didn't know Dan well. He would see me around. We would speak. And so he 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 invited me to a, to a dinner in, in, in Washington, D.C., and we had a great dinner. It was us getting a chance to know each other. My wife was there too, as well. And he asked me, like, what did I want to do after basketball? And um, I knew I was toward the end. I was like, I want to get into coaching. Um, and I had spent so many years watching the WNBA, even before my wife was playing in the WNBA. And, um, you know, I was just such a big fan. And actually knowing all these players, because my wife, she played with, she played actually with three WNBA teams. And a lot of players she played with, uh, overseas, they actually played on other WNBA teams. So it, it, it actually gave me a chance to actually really know the league. And um, I, I, I honestly thought that I would be coaching in junior high or high school somewhere after my career. I didn't, you know, I didn't think that the WNBA was too far-fetched. It was too far-fetched because it was like the best league to me in the world outside of the NBA. You know, you can say which one you prefer the most, but I just spent so much time watching both. And I, I love them both uh, equally. And uh, but the WNBA had such a, I had much more of a uh, a love for it because I knew the people. And uh, you know, we had friends on, on every team, and so that's what actually drew me to it. And so that day, Dan said, "Hey, maybe I can help you one day." Uh, you know, uh, and I just figured that it would probably be as a reference. You know, I never thought he would actually be giving me my first job. So my wife, she decided to retire from WNBA the following year. And uh, me and Dan, we stayed in contact. And uh, he called me out in the blue like a year and a half later. He's like, maybe I have a job for you and um, as an intern. And honestly, my first thoughts, me and my wife's first thoughts was, you know, I was going to be washing towels and doing all this other stuff that, you know, I didn't know what intern meant, you know. And uh she was like, yeah, just whatever you do, just do it at 100%, you know? Even if you have to clean the toilets, clean them at 100%. And I was like, I know. I just love being around the WNBA, so it's great, you know? And um, he called me a, a few weeks later and said, you know, we're going to put you in charge of player development. And my my mind was like, my jaw dropped. Like, like I've never done it before. Like, what does this mean? And um, the, he and I, I, I spent that year under him, uh, you know, helping player development and um, – helping some of the players turn the seasons around and it was good. And the next year he hired me as a full-time assistant. And so that's how I got my chance. Like I, I never thought that uh, it was something special that I did because I, I wasn't actively searching for it. It's just, just kind of, he saw something in me, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful uh, for him for that. Um, so, you know, we have a special relationship, but the things that he's done done for me has, has helped me get to this point. When did you know that, it was your ultimate goal and you could see yourself leading a team. When was that? Was there, was there a, an, a moment there or was it kind of a gradual slow burn for you? Oh, I didn't, I didn't really, you know, I, I thought that yeah, maybe like I could probably be, a, I wanted to be a head coach, like being around him, but he actually told me like Dan gets a lot of like, he actually told me one day we were in Chicago. We were in Chicago and uh, on a road trip, and he said, I think that you will make a great head coach one day. I, I couldn't believe it, and I still don't know how did he see that because I never felt it. 
And so he he told me that we 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 walked and he just he was very complimentary and he would always give me constructive criticism and um so he's he's like he was like my mentor that really kind of gave me the belief in myself that I could. And when you have someone with that much experience that actually believes in you like that, it it changes your confidence. It changes everything about how you look at the game, how you look at yourself, how you prepare, how you don't want to uh, let even that person down. Because when somebody believes in you, you say, I don't want to let them down. And so um, it's something that's always stuck with me because it caught me by surprise. And so once he told me, and then he told me again, uh, he told me again over the phone, then I started to believe it. And and once I started to believe it, I, I was like, okay, I'm not going to put any limits on myself. I'm just going to take this as it goes. And so I, I prepared myself uh, from that point on, like I was going to be a head coach. Oh, what an outstanding story, Coach. Thank you so much for relating that. And I just love that, you know, because any of us, no matter what line of work we're in, when we get somebody we respect that speaks that life into us, I mean, like that, I mean, it can be life changing. That's just incredible. And I'm I'm so uh, I'm so glad to hear that from you. So I'll leave it with this. How do you hope you come out of Bradenton as a better coach you know maybe it didn't fall into your plans this year to have to coach in a bubble and to coach through coronavirus <laughs> maybe it messes with your plans but how do you see yourself coming out of this as uh, an even better coach and taking another step in your development I, I have a goal um and I just I want to maximize my coaching ability so I'm very critical of myself and um, that's the thing that keeps me up at night is I want our team to maximize uh, themselves on and off the floor. And so it actually, um, if I can get the team to do that in this kind of uh, stressful and unpredictable environment, then I, I feel like, I feel like I, I'm, I'm doing an okay job. Uh, but you, I mean, I, I do understand I'm mindful of, like when I see these coaches, I'm still like, I'm, like I see these coaches, we have so many great coaches in, in this league that have done like great things. And, um, to be like coaching against them, uh, to be, you know, in the same spaces as them, I'm, I'm still kind of, you know, not starstruck, but I'm, I'm mindful of it and I'm appreciative of it that I'm actually a head coach in this league. And sometimes I have to pinch myself, you know, I, I mean, I just started, uh, interning in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, it's for me, it's uh, it's amazing to be in this situation. And actually, when I'm studying film and I'm studying these coaches and studying when they take time out and do all these things and um, and I'm very critical of what I should do better. Um, I just want to come out a better coach and want to come out a better team, you know, and uh, that's like the biggest thing for me. Well, it's certainly been a meteoric rise. I love your team's attitude. I love them on the floor as well. So I wish you happiness and health there in Bradenton. It's going to be a lot of fun to to see what the top side is for the sky this year. Thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Wade from the Wubble, James Wade, the head coach of the Chicago Sky here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. An excellent episode. Love hearing from him, and I appreciate him being so gracious to give us some of his time when, you know, they've only got one day off in between games right now. And so for him to give me, you know, 20, 30 minutes of his time uh, in between games like that means a lot to me. And I know it means a lot to you too. Again, 
rate and review the podcast because people need to find this stuff. We've got a lot of great conversations coming up in future weeks and later on this week. Another courtside podcast as we get the thoughts of Christy and Gabe on the season so far, and additionally, our Unplugged podcast as well. The executive producer of the Her Hoop Stats podcast is Aaron Barzilai. Our announcer is Susie Solis. Our music by Jared Deck, jareddeckmusic.com. I'm your host, John Little, reminding you, at the Her Hoop Stats podcast, we're unlocking better insight about the women's game. Her Hoop Stats. Her Hoop Stats.